0: audio parfait! There you go! How's that? I don't know, it felt like it was going to fall. <laughs> well,
1: a card table maybe not the best
0: use the new one i bought instead it's of this the exact, warped it, one it's
1: the, but it's the same on the edges that's what matters is that it's the edges there's not a solid edge for this yeah thing.
0: but see how that dips down and you have this thing in there and it's not level uh-huh at least with the other one it would be level i
1: doubt it it's a card table
0: it's worth a shot
1: i don't want to ruin the new card table
0: well where are we going to have the party that i bought it for
1: I don't fucking know. When then I... we
0: might as well use it. I spent like a hundred fucking bucks on it. That's a lot
1: of money for a card table.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> I well. Mean... Oh, welcome to Open a Fucking Book. I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. How is everybody doing this week? I uh, hope everybody enjoyed our Mary Wollstonecraft series.
0: Yes, she is my bestest friend in the whole wide world. That I've never met and never will get to. A little loony,
1: tried to kill herself twice, and
0: I used to be a cutter. I mean, I totally get where she's coming from. You throw yourself off a
1: bridge with I've... a weighted dress on.
0: I jumped off a thirty-foot uh, cliff into water
1: with the express purpose of never coming back up.
0: No, but I landed in shallow water and thought I'd never get back to the (laughs) the top, so does that count?
1: Yeah, if you're jumping off of
0: a cliff into some water, probably best to
1: make sure that it's, you know, not shallow. Well,
0: I didn't know. I jumped off of it, like, a dozen times already, and it just happened to be shallow the first time I jumped off of it, so...
1: Okay, well, welcome to the weekday Cliff Notes episode. Uh, we covered the, you know, the book news and new books coming out. But before we get started, I just want to, I want to say a little something. Now, we put a lot of work into this show. We do. It's not just something we come out here and blabber for a little bit and then go inside. I'm not reading Wikipedia articles straight off the internet. You know, we're, we putting work into this thing. And sometimes when we do that, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's worth it. You know, everybody has those times where where they do something and they kind of say, is it worth it? And I understand that this is kind of a very, very small achievement in a very small niche of the spectrum of what we're doing. There is now over a million podcasts, 200 some odd million episodes of podcasts out there, so we're marked in a bunch of different categories We're marked in books, authors, education, history, comedy, if you know whatever um, yes <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit of improv because we do talk that more not real, but that had to hurt for the improv section because uh, we do okay. talk. About- but we're marked in a different, we're, we're, we're put down a in a few different categories. But again, sometimes it feels like maybe we're just spinning our wheels, doing it for nothing. You see the numbers and the analytics and you're like, mm, okay. But I got to send a big thank you out to our Twitter friends, our Twitter podcast friends who have been helping us out a lot with the retweets and the sharings and the going and listenings and reviewings. And um, you have a friend who is all, who uh, listens every week, every episode that we do, and she posts about it and help tries to you know tells other people about it. And Her name's Angie, and we really appreciate her. And I'm saying all this because we have a very small milestone, and it might be the tippity top of the peak that we ever get. It could all be downhill from here, and if that's so, okay. But recently, this past week, unchartable we ranked 110th in history in America. So we made the top 200, 144th in the world in the history. Now, again, the history niche is just like on the very bottom of the totem pole where you know where you got comedy and improv way up there up top and politics way up top and so it's a smaller market. But I'm still fucking excited about it. Cause that at is least, exciting. At least it tells me that, hey, we did something. And if that's what if that's as best it gets, I'll put it on my tombstone, and that'll be fine. But I just, I just
0: in history. Yeah, I just wanted to
1: say <laughs> thank you to everybody who's helped get us there. If you can help us get a little higher, that'd be great. If not, that is what it is. I'm not doing this specifically for the ratings. We're doing it because we love to do it and and help educate people, and we love literature and getting that out there. So, but a little bit of you know showing that we're we're not doing it completely for nothing. It's nice. It is nice. I was freaking out the other day when I was when I when I saw that and I let you know. It was like Chartable says you're in the top two hundred. It was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was freaking out. I got out the email way. too. hmm Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't know I had you just, oh yeah, I set you up on uh, the transistor thing and we do chartable through our Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm.
0: So it was exciting. Yeah.
1: I was more excited than you, but I get more excited than you do about silly shit like this.
0: Sometimes. 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 All
1: right. Well, now that we're done um, being giddy over numbers, humble gloating. Sure. Okay, let's get to the show. So I only got really one piece of news, and it's uh, Rick Gates, ex-Trump aide and Mueller, Mueller witness is publishing a memoir. I got this from Alexandria Alter from the New York Times, posted uh, August 8th, 2020. He's a star witness in the Russian investiga- investigations whose testimony will help convict two powerful advisors to the president. Now, Rick Gates, a high-level aide on Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, is pre- preparing to tell his story in a memoir that will be published weeks before the 2020 election. Mr. Gates who was sentenced to 45 days in jail for lying to investigators and for his role in a criminal financial scheme, is the latest former aide to join a parade of former Trump campaign and administration officials who have published memoirs. Given his proximity to President Trump's campaign and the evidence he provided against two of Mr. Trump's closest advisors, his one-time campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, fuck you, and one-time campaign advisor, Roger J. Stone Jr., go fuck yourself. Mr. Gates' account is likely to generate interest across the political spectrum. The book, which Post Hill Press plans to release October 13th, is likely to arrive the height of the 2020 election cycle. It comes on the heels of an unflattering memoirs from John R. Bolton, former National Security Advisor, and Mr. Trump's niece, Mary L. Trump, that are selling briskly, Despite efforts by the Trump administration and family to prevent their release,
0: mm. we try to keep politics out of it. And it's a,
1: it, he's writing. It, 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 he's a major. He was a major political figure. He's writing a memoir. It's a book podcast.
0: I'm talking so I'm about your fuck yous and go fuck yourselves because
1: they're horrible people and they should go fuck themselves.
0: I I agree, babe. And
1: I am allowed to my.
0: Opinion. Yes. Okay. But. You could've been without it. Nah. <laughs> okay. nah. Okay. Okay. What do you got? Um. Okay. Some uh, douchebag lawyer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um. Alan Dershowitz, who is a real life lawyer.
1: Yes, he is. He's fairly well known.
0: Is uh claiming he's being defamed by Benjamin De- Defoe, who is a fictional lawyer. From a TV show on CBS, all access called The Good Fight.
1: No relation to Willem Defoe. I assume so. Since Willem Defoe is a real person.
0: Yes. <laughs> um The The show episode or the show debuted an episode titled The Gang Discovers Who Killed Jeffrey Epstein. Uh There was a part in there where Epstein's fictional lawyer, Mr. Defoe, said he ditched me for Dershowitz, and then at least, and then he adds, at least I didn't get a massage like the shyster. So, the real Dershowitz is saying that it's pretty much defamation of character, because it's, you know... Ruining his character in real life. His
1: character was already ruined in real life.
0: Despite his real life character, it's a fictional character with a similar name. And even though I didn't watch the episode or anything, because I don't really watch CBS, but I'm guessing it's just the last name that was similar, not the first name.
1: I have no idea.
0: So he's taking it to court saying it was a direct attack on his professional reputation as an attorney and a professor of law and if it's if his complaint is successful it could pose a challenge to the vibrancy of any creative work that includes interactions between fictional and real life public figures i mean there goes every saturday night live skit
1: yeah when you're when you're a public figure like that suing for defamation of character doesn't really play out to me because you're a you're a you're in the public eye it's not like you do it to a you know an unknown private citizen and you ruin their lives this is a person who's in the public eye all the time they're gonna have people saying shit about him it's silly to me
0: I because it's it's they're gonna have to if he wins this they're gonna have to cancel. So many shows, they're gonna to have to erase so many iconic moments. Yeah, I don't know about that. They're gonna to have to do that through novels and magazines, and
1: because no, it'll it'll be a base a case by case basis. It won't be okay. All this stuff has to go away. It, it'll it'll be a case by case thing because a lot of people don't give a shit if you make fun of them, or a lot of people don't give a shit what you say about them. Just let it go.
0: And. In twenty twenty,
1: yeah, no, a lot. Saturday Life has made its living off of making fun of people in the public eye.
0: Yeah, but look at how much Trump gets pissed off when Alec Baldwin makes fun of him.
1: He's in the public eye. It doesn't fucking matter how much he gets pissed off when when Alec Baldwin makes fun of him. You just have to fucking deal with it. Freedom of speech. I can make fun of you. Can make
0: fun of anybody you want. But That's then there's, crazy. I don't know. I think it's just a little.
1: And hold on a second. I thought Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. I don't know. I was under the impression all this time that he killed himself. Despite the many memes. To the contrary.
0: I don't know. He didn't, by the way. I I know. But I don't know. Okay. Okay. And then the other thing I have... Um, I also don't watch Fox News because I don't want to be a brainwashed idiot.
1: Oh, we didn't talk about politics
0: on this show, Stephanie-Ann. I'm I'm not talking about politics. Okay. I'm just talking about brainwashed idiots. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, some dude I don't know, but apparently you said he's very famous.
1: Yes, Sean Hannity is a very famous gentleman for the exact reason you said you don't watch Fox News. Okay. Because he brainwashes people.
0: Okay, so Sean Hannity wrote a book, and kudos to him. It's "Live Free or Die, America Mm -hmm. and the World on the Brink." Mm -hmm. Um, It has a Latin tagline: "Vivamus vel libero perit Americae." Which I I heard "Parrot in America." Okay. Anyway, it loosely translates to, well, he's said that he told his viewers that it means live free or America dies. I don't know how many of our viewers have actually taken Latin. I know a little bit of Latin. I've taken Latin. I've also taken German. I've also taken Spanish. Okay, we don't need you. I was a nerd in high school. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for that. You
1: don't have to apologize. But we don't need your syllabus.
0: Anyway. Another classics student described the title of his book with the tagline as complete and utter gobbledygook. Which is the perfect thing, because if you've taken any foreign language, you know that...
1: They structure sentences differently than America's, Americans do. Yes, and it's Eng- never in order. No, it's always he,
0: different. He had to have gone online to the translator, to look up each word individually. Well, no, he probably
1: had a production assistant do it, and they're probably just some intern that doesn't know any better, and then they did. it, And he just reads off a teleprompter, or whatever.
0: It was on his
1: book! Okay, well, the, he probably didn't even put it on the... I'm not... And this is not me defending Sean Hannity at all. But, at the end of the day, if somebody probably put it on... He could have been him, but somebody probably just pulled it off Google Translate and That's what it is because it doesn't rearrange sentence structure; it just translates the words.
0: Yeah. So it to everyone who actually understands Latin, it makes no sense whatsoever. What does it mean? It each word means what it means, but that's with the sentence structure and everything; it's all out of order, and that's not. It just looks like a bunch of random words together. Okay. So that's why they're saying it's complete and utter gobbledygook.
1: So it's just the sentence structure is all fucked up in Latin? Pretty
0: much. You could tell he went on him or Some, somebody. Somebody went
1: on Google Translate and typed
0: it in, and that's what
1: I came, and that's yeah, what
0: came and up. Yeah, and that's it's kind of funny because that's just stupid.
1: Yeah. You would think you'd have somebody who's fluent in Latin put that on your book for you.
0: Yeah, or your editor could look that up for you. Somebody would recognize that and fix that for you instead of you looking like a complete idiot that somebody in college recognized it and called you out on it.
1: Well, he he does stupid shit. That's all I can say. He's done a lot of stupid shit. He said a lot of stupid things.
0: It I just thought it was hilarious to me. That it it's hilarious.
1: All right, well, let's get to our four books. Okay. Um do you have any books that you're looking at or I, no. I wouldn't think so, because so far, every book that you've been looking at, you've bought.
0: Yeah, I. there's still two more I'm waiting for to get in the mail. I did buy an extra copy of one I have already have, Uh, My Plain Jane. Yeah. Um, Because it was hidden deep in a bottom bookcase shelf, mm-hmm. yeah. and I didn't see it. I knew I had it, but I couldn't see it, so I, I went ahead and bought another copy. And then when I went to go put it away, that's when I found it, because it hit it. <laughs> but I'm currently reading um, Umberland mm-hmm. by Wendy Spinali. So that, it's a good book. It She did Everland, Yeah. the steampunk version of Peter Pan. So this is the next book in the series.
1: Now you can follow all of Stephanie's adventures in reading on our Goodreads page at Goodreads.com/slash. Audio Parfait, if you want to uh, try to keep up with the reading wonder.
0: Well, I've taken it. I haven't read in a couple of days, so I'm still on, like, chapter three or something. Okay.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our brand new exclusive discount code for thebeardstruggle.com. Gentlemen, have you grown out that beard? Are you just starting... Well, if you're like me, you began to notice pretty quickly that the skin underneath all that hair can get pretty dry and flaky. And trust me when I tell you, beard dandruff sucks. And the people over the beard struggle know this and have made it their life's work to develop the best products to make growing and keeping that beard as painless as possible. Over time, the ingredients in their formulas have proven themselves, not just because their customers have had enormous success with them, but because they have worked for centuries. They use 100% natural ingredients, never test on animals, and promise a 90-day money-back guarantee. From the day and night oils, the shampoos and conditioners, all the way to the ingenious beard straightener. They have everything you need to tame that face fur, and I use them. My beard has never looked, felt, or smelled better. Just ask my wife. So go to thebeardstruggle.com, all one word, or click on our link in the show notes, and use our new exclusive discount code, AUDIO15, at checkout for 15% off. That's audio 15 for 15% off your entire order. Go now and feast your face! So our first book is This Is My America by Kim Johnson. Every week, 17-year-old Tracy Beaumont writes a letter to Innocence X asking the organization to help her father, an innocent black man, on death row. After seven years, Tracy is running out of time. Her dad only has 267 days left. Then the unthinkable happens. The police arrive in the night, and Tracy's older brother, Jamal, goes from being a bright, promising track star to a thug on the run, accused of killing a white girl. Determined to save her brother, Tracy investigates what really happened between Jamal and Angela down at the pike. But will Tracy and her family survive the uncovering of the skeletons of their Texas town's racist history that still haunts the present? Fans of Nick Stone, Tiffany D. Jackson, Jason Reynolds won't want to miss this provocative and gripping debut from Random House Books for Young Readers. It came out it came out in July, so I hadn't gotten around to getting to it, but I wanted to bring it up now. It's the Hate You Give meets Just Mercy in this unflinching yet uplifting first novel that explores the racist injustice in American in the American justice system.
0: Oh, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I want I want it.
1: I'm sure you do, and I'm sure you'll end up buying it. Probably. Probably. Definitely. But, uh, I mean, it's fiction, but it might as well be fact. It might as well be nonfiction because that's type that type of shit happens all the fucking time.
0: It does, but is it? There's you know a story within. Well, yeah, there's so. a
1: there's a story within a story, and it, the, the you know I'm sure she's getting you know town's racist history and. And all that, and I'm sure she's gonna go back and and find a bunch of shit that happened. But again, that could be just as nonfiction as it could be fiction. Very true. Speaking of nonfiction, again, most of them out there are about Trump. So Texas Flood: The Inside Story of Stevie Ray Vaughan <laughs> by Alan Paul and Andy Ellerdortz. I apologize to to Andy if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong. Please hit me up on Twitter and. Correct me.
0: Just berate him.
1: Um, Yeah, that's fine. In an instant New York Times bestseller, the definitive biography of guitar legend Stevie Ray Vaughan with an epilogue by Jimmy Vaughan and a foreword and afterward by Double Takes Chris Layton and Tommy Shannon. Just a few years after he almost died from a severe addiction to cocaine and alcohol, clean and sober Stevie Ray Vaughan was riding high. His last album was his most critically lauded, and commercially successful he had fulfilled a lifetime, lifelong dream by collaborating with his first and greatest musical hero his brother jimmy his tumultuous marriage was over and he was in a new and healthy romantic relationship vaughn seemed poised for a new limitless chapter in his life and career instead it all came to a shocking and sudden sudden end august 27 1990 when he was killed in a helicopter crash following a dynamic performance with Eric Clapton. Just 35 years old, he left behind a powerful musical legacy and an endless stream of what-ifs. In the ensuing 29 years, Vaughn's legend and acclaim have only grown, and he is now an undisputed international music icon. Despite the cinematic scope of Vaughn's life and death, there has never been a truly proper accounting of his story until now. Texas. Texas Flood provides the unadulterated truth about Stevie Ray Vaughan from those who knew him best, his brother Jimmy, his Double Trouble bandmates, Tommy Shannon, Chris Layton, and Reese Wynans, and many other close friends, family members, girlfriends, fellow musicians, managers, and crew members. It's by Saint Martin Griffin, Saint Martin's Griffin, and it is out I be, I think it said it came out today. But we cover a lot of biographies on this show, so uh, we don't do musical biographies. But Stevie Ray Vaughan, I didn't—I thought he was older than that. I didn't realize he was only thirty-five years old when he died. But
0: I mean, he made it past twenty-seven, like unlike the others. That's
1: true, and while well, the others died of drug overdoses, so he didn't drive a drug overdose. Well, some died. of
0: them died of plane crashes. But he died of like Aaliyah. Helicopter. Aaliyah was a plane crash. I—I I believe was she twenty-seven? Yes. Was she? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I thought he was older than 35 when he died, but yeah, and Stevie Ray Vaughan's one of the greatest guitar players of all time. He's I mean, he's a fucking legend. And for dying at only 35, I would be this is one of the books that I would be interested in buying cuz I'm I'm big on biographies and shit like that. Yes, you are. For kids, what is the story of Dracula? Ooh. Now that that book that you got me with the big Dr. Seuss with the the Dr. Seuss with the big head on it? Yes. Same series of books, Oh, this time they're covering Dracula. Um, it's by Michael Bergen, and Who HQ, and David Milan. Who HQ brings you the story behind the most beloved and frightening character of our time. Find out how Dracula, a smooth-talking count with a dark secret, became the infamous creature we all know and fear. From appearances in films and animated features, to interpretations as a Muppet and breakfast cereal mascot... Dracula has been the inspiration for many other fictional vampires as now an established figure in pop culture. Created by Bram Stoker in his 1897 gothic horror novel, Count Dracula is a nobleman who uses his power as a vampire to dominate his victims. Even though Dracula didn't succeed in the novel, the fictional character has lived on to dominate the real world as one of its most popular supernatural villains. Author Michael Bergen explores Dracula's mysterious origins in the historical figures who might have shaped the character, as well as the films and the actors that cemented Dracula's place in cinematic history. This is by Penguin Workshop, ages 8 to 12, 112 pages, so I mean, it's not huge. It's probably going to be mostly picture. Um, it's out now. I, I like that Dr. Seuss book he got with the big head on it. And it's, it's surprisingly...
0: Because it was easy to read. It's, it's
1: surprisingly informational. <laughs> now, obviously, you're not going to get in that what you would get in a fucking novel about it. But you do get a, a, a fairly wide amount of, of general information that you could pull off of. So Useful facts. Yeah. And then our YA novel is
0: Evolution by Terry Terry. The greatest pen name ever. If that's her real name or his real name, I'm guessing since it's Terry with an I, it's a girl. T-E-R-I-T-E-R-R-Y. Yeah, I'm guessing since it's Terry with an I that it's a a woman. But if that's her real name, that's just fucking amazing. (laughs) It's like uh, Home Improvement,
1: yeah. Wilson Wilson.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) And his middle name was Wilson Wilson Wilson. Wilson Wilson Wilson.
1: So a thrilling showdown brings the Dark Matter trilogy to a satisfying close. Shay is trapped at the Multiverse Compound while looking for the real Kali, and an unforgiving Kai is her best chance at outsmarting Alex and saving countless lives. Shay has left Kai once again by following Alex to his Multiverse Compound. Her goal is to find the real Kali, but Shay discovers that the younger girl has no memory of her past. Their hope is to leave the community. While Shay pretends to be a devoted follower, Alex makes his own plans to use Shay to spread the epidemic, he caused with his dark matter experiments, the survivors will be only the most worthy humans—those who evolve special abilities. The opportunistic Freya further poisons Kai's memory of his girlfriend. Angry and hurt, Kai doubles down on his mission to reveal that his former stepfather is behind the epidemic. But he has little luck convincing the authorities until it's almost too late to save Sh- to save Shay from a fate worse than death. This is by Charles Bridge Teen. Came out this month. 416 pages. So, I mean, it's a a decent-sized novel. Yeah,
0: a few Um, hours. Yeah,
1: well, a few hours for you. And it's the the last in the uh, Dark Matter trilogy. This is not a series that I was aware of, but I think this sounds neat, and I might look into it a little bit more. Maybe on an, uh, an Audible purchase.
0: Yeah, you do like your audible books because do you don't have out. time to sit down
1: and read. I don't. I can I can listen while I'm driving, or or you know doing dishes or whatever the fuck else I'm doing. Just sitting up in the morning on my you know days off, uh, listen to podcasts, rate and review, and then you know listen to a book.
0: Speaking of review, I read the long-awaited Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Ah,
1: okay. Well. You
0: know I did. I I talked about it. Yes, but right I right didn't. Me. I didn't.
1: I didn't realize you were going to review it on the show. I'm not but... going
0: to like review review it. Yeah, no spoilers. Because but... I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, no, for... well, tell us what you think. I I liked it. Okay, I was a Twi Hard fan. I love Twilight. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> you know, I had the. I have one problem with this. Two problems, okay. Two problems. Problem number one, it felt like she wrote it from movie Edward's yeah. perspective. You
1: had mentioned that about halfway through. You had said that you said that, that it felt like that,
0: and it it, it bugged me a lot. I think you said that other people thought that too. I thought yes, because that- I went on Alcrite uh, Society, the mm-hmm. Facebook page, because I'm part of that group, and I I just because I had to ask somebody because. Uh, some of my friends weren't reading it yet. Um, And I was like, does anybody else get that feeling? And quite a few people agreed with me that they got that feeling too. And I was like, you know, she is the author. She has every right to do that because she worked with the directors. And Mm -hmm. she was even, she acted in most of the movies too. She was there. Most
1: authors put themselves at some point
0: in their movie. So she has every right to do that. Sure. But... When us fans were expecting it, we were expecting Book Edward only. Because Book Edward was perfect. Movie Edward was whiny. And now we've got Midnight Sun and we've got both.
1: Well, maybe in the book he came off as perfect to everybody else, but you're getting it from his, his side. So maybe internally he's not near as perfect as what you think he is.
0: Well, no that that's true, but you still you still get movie Edward. Okay.
1: So I've never read any of the books, so I I that's just something I'm throwing out there that maybe maybe that's what she's playing off of. But if, you know.
0: and then there's rumors that she's working on two more Twilight type books.
1: Yeah. Well, you said that that book only really covered the first the first Twilight book. Yes. It didn't cover the whole series in one book.
0: Yes, I don't know if it's going to continue Edward's perspective. Um, But even though I was kind of upset with her writing from Edward's perspective, movie Edward's perspective, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of still want to see his perspective from New Moon and Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. (laughs) that's,
1: that's, That's the thing. She can write it from whatever perspective she wants. At the end of the day, if she only gives you this much from this book... All you Twilight fans are going to go get the rest of them once she puts those out because you want to see the rest of
0: them. Yeah, but the the two books that they're that it's rumored that she's working on she only, she only has one chapter done. It's there's no speculation on it if it's Edward's perspective or not. Well, I mean, you would say So they might be two new Twilight books, like maybe it's about Rosalie uh, or oh, not. You would want it to be Renette-
1: about Who is it? Jasper or whatever his fucking name was? That's who you would want to be. It might be
0: Renezme and Jacob, or... She had a
1: huge fucking crush on him.
0: The actor who played Jasper... Okay,
1: but still, if she writes it for him, then that's who you're going to be thinking about when you read the book. Ah, see?
0: (laughs) Jackson Rathbone was very attractive until I met you. Okay,
1: yeah. Bullshit. But go ahead.
0: But yes, that's... So that's something else to look forward to are two more Twilight books, possibly. Okay. Fingers Not crossed. for me,
1: but for, for you. Twilight fans. I mean,
0: Fifteen years ago it was Harry Potter and Twilight. And now Analog-
1: that... yeah. Yeah.
0: Again we're adults. No more Harry Potter except for Fantastic Beast movies that we're waiting for to for them to come out, but we still get Twilight books. So yeah. it's exciting, you know, middle aged women. <laughs> But I did want to end with this book quote. You're not quite
1: middle-aged, by the way. Early 30s isn't middle-aged.
0: Mid-30s. Early 30s. 34 is mid-30s. I'm mid-30s. You're late 30s. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to end my part with this book quote that I felt was appropriate in the current time. Okay. It comes from J.D. Salinger. Salinger, 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 whatever. Catcher in the Rye. Mm -hmm. The mark of the immature man is that he wants to die nobly for a cause, while the mark of the mature man is that he wants to live humbly for one. I thought it was perfect and beautiful. Hmm. Wear your fucking masks. (laughs) Yeah, I was just
1: about to say. Yeah. All right, well, on that note, let's give our socials out so everybody can get a hold of us and tell us that we're wrong about all that shit, I suppose.
0: And I will tell them to fuck off. Okay, go ahead. Okay, on Twitter and Instagram, I am at ECJBAT. We are at Audio Parfait and at OpenAFINGBook.
1: I am at YoungETAM6 on Twitter, just E T A M on Instagram. I keep meaning to change it, and then I don't. I'm fine with it.
0: Because he forgets right after the show. I have shit to
1: do. I have editing. I usually
0: eat something. Yeah, because you haven't had dinner yet. And I mean, even my stomach's growling. and go I have to
1: our, Go to our Goodreads account. Follow Stephanie on everything she's reading. You probably won't see any book on there that I'm reading except for what I'm researching. And you won't see that until, I'm, until we put out the Saturday show because I don't like giving it away. I'm big on surprises. I don't know why. It doesn't really change it. Honestly, we'd probably have more listeners if I just told you who the next author was because it's pretty big and it's pretty fun. But I'm not going to just because I don't do that. So follow her on Goodreads, uh, goodreadscom slash Parfait. Email us info at com. Go to the webpage, page, AudioParfait.com. You seeing a pattern? Yes. Yeah. Uh, shoot on over and listen to our other uh, podcasts. I know it's not real, but that had to hurt. If you're into the whole wrestling scene, as we are,
0: or if you want to hear Kevin and I argue
1: and and go on tangents and curse even more than we do on this fucking show,
0: yeah, because I think I curse more on that show than I do this. We one.
1: both do. I tried to I tried to pull up a preview that was curse-free, just a thirty-second preview to make it, and I had to edit out a curse word because I couldn't find a thirty-second clip that didn't have one of us saying fuck or shit or something. <laughs>
0: Um, Uh, George Carlin was my
1: inspiration Come here, uh, come listen Saturday We have a brand new author That I am still working on And it's fitting Because He was also a Very big procrastinator (laughs) That's the only Hint you're gonna get I, I find it Odd that I am having trouble Keeping to my deadline When he never kept to his either Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash audio parfait. Uh, we have a few tiers up there if you would like to, you know, shoot us a couple dollars. Um, we are getting some stickers in. They're going to be Spotify stickers. You scan them and it will pull up our, our show. We're very excited about them when they come in. If you would like one, shoot us an email, info at audioparfait.com. Shoot us a DM on Twitter and, uh, you know, say, Hey, I would like a sticker for open a fucking book or for, I know it's not real, but that had it hurt or both. And we'll send it out to you. Well, like, you know, for three bucks or something like that. I don't know. Or for free. I don't give a shit. Go to your local library, go to your local bookstore, patronize them, buy a, uh, a local author's book from a local bookstore, if you can, it really will help them out. And I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well, take care of yourself. Take care of one another. And between now and the time we get to talk to you again, do yourself a favor. Go oh, buy a fucking book. All right. We'll see you. Bye, guys.